the trail and that you never, uh, you never let us down and we can trust you. Uh, no matter what it is that we're facing in life, we can come to you and you are there. Thank you that you desire us to come into your presence. You desire us to bring our needs and our hurts and our failures and our triumphs and the victories that we have. You want us to bring all of those things before you. Thank you for that. The next few moments as we open the word of God, I pray that you by your spirit would touch our hearts, that you would speak to us as only you can. Father, I'm aware that in a, a group this large, there's been a lot of life that's happened this, lo- this last week. And there's been difficulties that have been faced. There's been loss. Uh, there's been challenges at work, challenges at home. Some people have had great weeks where life has just been incredible for them. And what's amazing about you, God, is that you want to speak to every one of us wherever it is that we find ourselves this morning. So would you help us to listen, to have ears to hear what you want to say? I pray that we would see Jesus, just Jesus. I pray that it wouldn't be my words that are heard, but yours. So we anticipate what you want to say to us. Touch us as only you can. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks. You can have a seat. I want to say thank you to the tent team again this week. Uh, we just keep getting snow and rain and wind and whatever else. And every time that it comes, we wonder uh, whether this week will be the week. Um, and the tent team did a wonderful job again this week. Thank you. I know there was a crew. So, yeah. As a pastor, <laughs> I never dreamed <laughs> uh, what we would end up doing. It, it's, it has been a journey that really has been a lot of fun just to watch people, watch God use people. Uh, Mike, did you ever think uh, that this, even the last three years, what all the things that God would take us through? It, it's, been, it's been really fun uh, to walk with God through that and just watch him work. Uh, and, and Mike and I are just so aware, and our elders, that it's not us. Like, there is teams of people here that without you, <laughs> it just wouldn't happen. And we're so thankful that you guys are using your gifts and honoring God in that way. So thanks. A week ago or so, week and a half maybe now, uh, a couple of us uh, got together and we went down to Costco <laughs> out of curiosity. Um, <laughs> They will allow visitors, by the way, uh, to go in. You can't buy anything, but you can go in and look around. Um, We had to see what all the hype was about at Costco. And did you know that there is a lot of stuff (laughs) at Costco? I'm just, if you haven't been there, I'm just, I'm letting you know. And what I learned is that there's a great deal of stuff that I need that I wasn't aware that I needed. (laughs) But I do. Have you ever been in the situation where you didn't realize what you needed until you were introduced to it? I mean, there was a bear down there, right, Mike? (laughs) That I'm standing, it was like, the thing, it took both of us to hold the thing up. We got pictures. 
the things you, I mean, I don't know why I would need a bear that big, but somebody does because they sell it. So somebody needs it. But it's often in our life, right, that until we're introduced to certain things, we don't realize what we need. And I want to talk to you today about something that we need. And, and, and this isn't like a bear <laughs> or this isn't like a treat. This is something that's for real that we all need. And, and some of us may not be aware of the fact that we need this because we haven't been introduced. And the truth that I want to introduce you to this morning is the truth about who Jesus is. See, all of us know that we need something. And all of us spend a lot of our lives looking for something. And we go from one part of our life to another part of our life trying to fill a void that is within our hearts. And we may, we may go from jobs, business to business. We may go from Maybe it's relationship to relationship. Maybe we're going from substance to substance. Maybe we're going from experience to experience. Maybe we're going from having quite a bit to having a lot more and hoping that that hole, that void that I have in my heart, that if I could just get enough of whatever it is, whatever I think that is, That at that point, I will feel full and complete, and I'll have it. I'll get it. And Scripture tells us, actually, in the book of Acts, that all of us have this void within us that can only be filled one way, by one person. God has placed eternity in all of our hearts, and the only way that that void that all of us have, by the way, there's not a person in this room that's exempt from that void. We all have it. And all of humanity has, humanity has had it from the very beginning of time, starting with Adam and Eve. When Adam and Eve sinned, that void was placed within them, and it was passed on from generation to generation. And so all of us struggle with that same need for that void to be filled. And what I want to introduce you to this morning is I want to introduce you to the person of Jesus Christ, because he's the only one who can fill that void, because it's shaped just like him. And that's the only way that void will ever be filled and you will ever find the place where you have enough. You have what you need. And we're going to do that this morning by looking at one more section of the book of Mark. Mark, as Pastor Mike did so well last week at introducing you to the gospel of Mark, Mark is the gospel that is on the move. He tells the events of Jesus while Jesus is on the move in his ministry. He's always looking ahead, Mark is, to the cross and to the resurrection. And 39 times within this book, he uses the word immediately. And Mark is the guy who wants things to happen. And he wants you to realize that Jesus did things kind of in his ministry in a hurry. He, was, he, he had a lot of ministry and he crammed it in a short amount of time. He did a lot in a little bit. And Mark wants you to know that as, as we read this. 
Jesus' time was short for his mission, and his mission was great. He came to save and to serve humanity, and he wanted to paint a picture of what that looks like, and he did it in a very, very short period of time. But he did it completely for us to see what it means to be served very well and to be saved, to be redeemed, to be rescued. So this morning, if you'll join with me, I want to read through Mark chapter 2, verses 13 to 17, and then we're going to look at a couple observations from that passage. Here it is, Mark chapter 2, verses 13 to 17. Jesus went out again beside the sea. The whole crowd was coming to him, and he was teaching him. Then, passing by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting by the tax office, and he said to him, follow me. And he got up and followed him. And while he was reclining at the table at Levi's house, see the, the jump here? I mean, he followed him, and now we're at Levi's house. Like, it's just Mark's like, hey, this is what happened. This is the speed of the, these events. And so while he was reclining at the table in Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many who were following him. And when the scribes who were Pharisees saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? And when Jesus heard this, he told them, it is not those who are well who need a doctor, but those who are sick. I didn't come to call the righteous, but sinners. Three observations I want to make from this passage this morning. Observation number one found in verses 13 and 14 is this. The call of Jesus is general, but it's personal. Let me say it again. The call of Jesus is general. It's for the crowd, but it's also personal. Mark chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. Let me reread them for you so you see this. Jesus went out again beside the sea, and the whole crowd was coming to him, and he was teaching them. Then passing by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax office, and he said to him, follow me. And he got up and followed him. Did you see it? Did you see it? Jesus was teaching by the seaside, and it says this, that there was a whole crowd of people that were following him and listening to him teach. It was general. The call of Jesus was general. It was for everyone. If you look through the Gospels, you see this over and over. Whosoever will may come. Come. If you're broken, if, you, if you're in need, if you're a sinner, you, you see this. Jesus just says it all the time to the crowd. He's constantly talking to the crowd. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. Come, come, come and I'll give you rest. Open arms of Jesus. Talks to the crowd. I'm talking to you, the crowd this morning as a whole. Come. That's what Jesus does. But here's the interesting thing about Jesus. See, he doesn't lose your face in the crowd. He doesn't lose my face in the crowd. See, Jesus created me. Did you know that? Don't make fun of me. I know you want to at times, and it's fine. But Jesus created me. And he created you too, just the way you are. Now, does there need to be some tweaks? You want to bet. You want to bet. Because we're sinful by nature, right? And Jesus has got to tweak that in us. We're going to talk about that in a minute. 
But he created all of us in this crowd. And when Jesus looks at the crowd, he says, whosoever will may come. Come, all of you. I want you all to come. But at the same time that he's saying, all of you will come, may come, verses 13 and 14 also make it very clear that as he was walking with the crowd, he looked and Levi was there and he said, Levi, come. You come. You come to me. You know why he did that to me? He said, Tim, I see the crowd, but I want you to come. You know what? He's done that to you. You know it, by the way. You've heard Jesus plead with you and ask you to come. Different points in your life, it's been pretty clear. And here's the interesting thing about his invitation to Levi. Not only was it personal, but I want you to understand who Levi was. Levi becomes Matthew. That's who we know as Matthew. But I want you to understand who Levi was. Levi was a tax collector. Now, tax collectors in the days of the Roman Empire were hated. They all were hated, by the way. It's kind of like the IRS today, <laughs> just on steroids, okay? And they didn't like the tax collectors, and, and Levi was hated probably even more than, the rest, uh, than a lot of the other tax collectors because here's the thing about Levi. Levi was a Jew, and the Jews didn't like the Romans, and the Romans had control over the Jews already, and the Romans were forcing their will on the Jewish people because they'd taken the Jews over. And so now, not only did the Romans have control of what the Jewish people did, and also how they lived out a lot of what they believed and a lot of their religious beliefs, the, the Romans would put caps and the Romans would dictate when and how much they could celebrate and, and what that all looked, because they didn't want mo mobs of people all together. They didn't want them to become unruly. And so the Romans put a lot of, a lot of caps and a lot of a lot of pressure on the Jews. And so you have this Jewish guy who already doesn't like, the Jewish people don't like the Romans, and this guy's a Jewish guy, and now he's collecting the taxes for the Romans. I don't know if Levi was honest or dishonest. The tax collectors of the day, a lot of them were known to be dishonest, but it doesn't tell us that about Levi. Levi could have been very honest in what he was doing. We don't know that. It doesn't say. But we know this, that he was a tax collector for the Roman Empire and the Jews would not have liked him very much. This is the guy that Jesus looks at and says, come, follow me. I'm telling you that this morning because it's really important that you understand Jesus calls all of us. See, we look at life often and we go, I'm too bad. I've done, if you knew what I've done, if you knew where my heart's been, if you knew where my mind's been, if you knew what I've done to people, if you knew the way I have acted and reacted with my wife or my husband, if you knew what I've done to my kids, if you, and God says, look, come. And he looks at Levi, who would have been an outcast, he looks at Levi, who would have been looked at as the lowest of the low in terms of the society and the people that he's with. And Jesus looks at him and he says, Levi, come to me. Come to me. 
So I want you to stop this morning, whatever your excuse has been as to why you can't come to Jesus and why you can't listen to Jesus and why you can't follow to Jesus. Jesus is looking at you right now and he's saying, come. Come. You got to understand that's the heart and the mission of Jesus Christ. So I'm going to ask you to do something this morning. I'm going to ask you to do this with me. I'm going to say, come, Tim. That's what he said to me. I want you to just say that this morning with me. I want you to put your name. Don't put mine, okay? He already called, and I'm going to call, okay? I want you to put your name in. You're ready on the count of three. I want you to just say with your name, all right? You ready? One, two, three. Come, Tim. See, it's general. Whosoever will may come. But it's private and it's specific and it's personal. He's calling you. He's calling you. Because that's what Jesus does. Whosoever will, but he's calling you. Jesus called, follow me. I love this because Levi did. I, 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 I tell you what, I read the Gospels and I'm, awesome. I'm just so amazed. I'm blown away. Because Jesus calls Levi, who's sitting at this table of the tax office and he's collecting taxes. And Jesus called him. And the way Mark says it here, it says, he left. He just followed Jesus. He got up and he said, okay, I'm coming. And he went. And he followed Jesus. And folks, that's what Jesus asks of us when he says, come he wants you to just give up. And I, I'm not talking that you leave your family and all that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying in your heart and in your mind and who you are, he wants you to just say, yes, Jesus, I'm in. I'm in. And when he calls, he's calling for you 100%, all of you. Not like, hey, when I figure some things out, I'll be there. No, Jesus says, look, come. And Levi got up and he followed him. Immediately he went with Jesus. And he says, you're the one and I'm walking with you, and I'm following you, and whatever it is that you want to do, you do it. That's observation number one. Jesus' call is general. It's for the crowd, but it's private, and it's, it's for you individually. Jesus' call. Observation number two, also found in the passage, verses 15 and 16, is this. Following, our following Jesus, my following Jesus, your following Jesus involves other people. Stop for a minute. I'm going to read the verses, but I want you to listen to me for a minute. We have this thing in North America right now where we say this, that my relationship with Jesus Christ is a private matter. And it starts that way. It's between you and Jesus. But as soon as you say yes to Jesus, it's a public matter. Don't miss it. It's a public matter. When I follow Jesus, other people are involved. You get that? Okay, here we go. I'm gonna read the verses. You can see it. I'm not making it up. Here it is, Mark 2, 15, 16. While he was reclining at the table at Levi's house, this is Jesus, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many who were following him. And when the scribes who were, who were Pharisees saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, they asked the disciples, why did he, does he eat with these tax collectors and sinners? Levi follows Jesus and immediately he goes to all of his friends. We've talked about this before and he says, look, I have a great thing. I ran into Jesus and he changed my life. Come here. 
I'm throwing a party at the house and Jesus is going to be there. Come and see him. That's what he did. And Jesus goes to the party and he sits down at the table with all of the people and the scribes and the Pharisees are watching. See, it involves other people. There's people who are a long way from God who are there. There's people who are his disciples and following Jesus Christ who are there. And the scribes, the religious leaders are all there and they're all watching what's going on. His relationship with Jesus Christ was not a private matter. It was super public. How about yours? Do people have to guess that you're a Christ follower? Say, hey, I go to work every day, but nobody knows. I've kept it a secret this long. Woo! Then you're not. Then you're not, a, you're not a follower of Jesus. Because Scripture tells us this, that the moment I come to know Jesus Christ, it's a public matter. Everybody knows that's what happened to me. He changed me. And Levi, who was the tax collector, pulls all of his buddies in and they go and they sit down at his house. And he says, I want you to meet the one who changed me. Here he is, Jesus. He brings his friends because he found someone who is so great. He brings them to Jesus. He doesn't just bring them to hang out. He brings them to introduce them to the one who can help them and change them. Today we have Christ followers who talk about hanging out with lost people and we should hang out with lost people, but they never come to the point of introducing them to Jesus. You can hang out with lost people, but folks, if you don't introduce them to the one who can save their life for eternity, they will die and go to hell without hope. At some point, if you're a Christ follower, your job and your mission is exactly the same as that of Jesus Christ, and it's to introduce people to the one who can save them. He can rescue them. He can redeem them. He can make their life totally different. And that's what Levi does here. He says, look, I don't just want to throw a party. I want to, I want to introduce them to the one who can change them. He's not interested in living the old lifestyle. He's not interested in hanging out in the old places. That's not what he's interested in. He's like, look, this guy changed me. And I want him to change you too. I want you to have what I have. You notice that the religious elite were watching. I love how it's thrown in here in this passage. It says that the scribes and the Pharisees that were Pharisees, the scribes that were Pharisees, were watching and questioning. You notice they didn't get involved? They just looked from the outside and cast blame. And folks, that happens a lot to us if we become religious and we forget about the relationship that we have with Jesus Christ. When we become religious, we become judgy. Is that a word, Lisa, judgy? Okay, good. We become judgy. And we look at people and we go, boy, I wouldn't do it that way. We do this with ministries all the time. We look up from the outside at ministries that are going on. So I wouldn't run my ministry that way. I wouldn't serve people that way. I'd do it different. God didn't call you to do it at all. So why are you talking about it? Right? 
They were watching from the outside, complaining about what Jesus and Levi were doing. And Jesus and Levi were just on mission. And they were introducing people to the one who could save them. Don't become religious. Oh, please don't. Have a relationship with Jesus. It's different. Don't go to church to go to church so you can check it off your list. Oh, just don't bother going. You say, the pastor just told me not to go to church. It's true, I did. Because if that's the only reason why you're going, it's doing you absolutely no good. It's about a relationship with Jesus Christ, the one who can save you and redeem you and change you for eternity. And he can use your heart to change other people's hearts. That's the mission of Jesus. That's what he was about. Observation number two was this, following Jesus involves others. Hey, has your following of Jesus involved other people? Are they seeing Jesus in you? Are you making a difference in their lives? Observation number three. We get a beautiful picture of Jesus' heart. And I, want, I don't want you to miss this. This is the heart of Jesus. If you're sitting here this morning and you don't know Jesus, I want to introduce you to Jesus and I want to show you his heart. If you're sitting here and you're a Christ follower and you're, 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 you're cold in how you're following Jesus, it's gotten old. And you're not in the word the way that you should be. You're not, you're not listening to the voice of God. I want to reintroduce you to Jesus and his heart. Because there's no way that you can run into the person of Jesus and his heart and not be changed. It can't happen. And so if you're a Christ follower here and you've just been going through the motions, then stop for a minute and just listen to me. I need you to see and feel and understand the heart of Jesus Christ. Here it is, verse 17. Jesus heard these religious people. Remember, they were complaining. Why do you eat with sinners? Why are you hanging out with these people? And when he heard this, he said to them, I did, it is not those who are well who need a doctor, but those who are sick. I didn't come to call the righteous, but sinners. It's the unhealthy that need help. It's the unhealthy who need someone to reach down and lift them up and help them out. And if you're sitting here this morning, first of all, and you're a Christ follower, you say, yeah, I've been saved, so I'm healthy. I got it all figured out. I got it all together. No, you don't. No, you don't. Yes, God may have saved you, but you're still living in a sin-cursed world, and you're still affected by your own selfish will. And your own prideful heart. And your own mind that goes places that you never dreamed it would go. And you need a doctor as much as everybody else does. The difference is, is that doctor is not on call. He's resident. You catch the difference? He's not on call. He's not waiting for you to call. He lives in you. And he can make the difference here and now in your heart and your life. And what Jesus is saying to this, he's saying, look, I didn't come for people who figured they got it, who think they got it all figured out. I didn't come for people who have a checklist of their righteousness and say, look how good I am. God, you got to love me. I didn't come for them at all. I came for the ones who understand that they're sinners and they're unhealthy 
and they need a savior. I came for those who understand that their relationship with me is broken and it needs to be repaired. It needs to be fixed. It needs to be made new. I didn't come so you religious elite could feel good about yourselves. I came for those who are trying to figure a way off the bottom of the barrel. I want to lift them up and help them out. Luke 19 says it this way, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save those who are lost. Is that you today? Do you actually have a relationship with Jesus Christ this morning? Have you actually come to the place where you understood that you were a sinner who is separated from a holy God because of your sin? And you have no way to have a relationship with him. You can't be good enough. You can't buy your way. You can't do enough good stuff. You can't help enough people. There is nothing that you are able to do to pay the price for your sin. Because the scripture tells us this. That the price for our sin is our death. It's complete separation from God forever. And God knew that that was a price that was too high for me to pay, for you to pay. Remember, he came for the crowd as a whole, but he came for you personally. And he knew that that was a price that was too high for me to pay, for you to pay. And so he said, look, I have somebody who can pay that price for them, and his name is Jesus. And Jesus is going to go, and he's going to show his love for humanity, and he's going to do it in, 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 in his ministry and his mission on earth, and then he's going to go to a cross, and he's going to die, and he's going to pay the price for sin, and then he's going to be raised again, and he's going to live at my right hand, the one who's at victory over sin, paid for sin completely, and then he's going to offer life to those who are willing to accept it. That's the mission in the heart of Jesus Christ, and he's done it for you. Your name. Have you accepted that yet? Have you come to the place where you just said to Jesus, Jesus, I'm a sinner and I need help. I can't do this myself. I need you. That's all it is. It's admitting my need and being willing to say yes to Jesus Christ. And then believer, those of you who have done that, are you living out the heart of Jesus Christ or are you religious? Are you giving away the heart of Jesus Christ? Are you all judgy? And you spend more of your time judging those around you than you do loving them. It's very interesting to me that as you go through Scripture, Jesus never gives us a list of things where he says, look, I want you to judge people on this. He gives us some things that he's going to judge us on, <laughs> but he never makes us the judge. I'm so glad. I am so glad. That wouldn't look good. So believer, are you living out the mission of Jesus Christ? Are you spending your time and your energy loving people to Jesus? That's what Levi did. He he ran into Jesus, and Jesus said, come follow me, and he did. And then he just grabbed all the people he knew, and he said, hey, I want to introduce you to the one who loves me, cares for me. This morning, all of us 
have a sin sickness that kills us. Hear me. Hear me. We are all cursed with sin. We all need a Savior. The most moral person, the kindest person, the most generous person, the loveliest person, the friendliest person still needs a Savior. And Jesus is the only cure for our sins. Period. Stop. That's it. Are you dying from your sin sickness? Or have you been reborn? You can be. You can be reborn. Just come to Jesus. Just admit your need. Say yes to Jesus. Say yes to what he's done for you. This morning, we're going to close with a song. And when we do, if you want to talk to Mike or I, we'll both be here. And you can wait, you can come down during the song, you can wait till after the song, it doesn't matter. But if you want to talk about a relationship with Jesus, if you don't have that relationship, and you want to talk to somebody about it, we'll be here, we'd love to chat with you. If you're a believer this morning, and you've been dealing in religion, not in Jesus' heart, why don't you just stop? Why don't you just spend a minute with God this morning, and ask him to help you show the heart of Jesus Christ to the people around you? Would you take the time to do that this morning? It'll change how you live life. It'll change how the people around you react. Take the time this morning to say yes to Jesus. Father, thank you for this passage of Scripture. Thank you for the truths that are found in it. Oh, it's, it's wonderful. Thank you for the reminder of your heart, the heart of your Son, Jesus Christ. Oh, it's so wonderful to be loved by you. It's so wonderful to be redeemed and forgiven and guiltless because of what you've done for me. Thank you. Thank you that you make it possible for me to show the heart of Jesus. Would you help me to do that well? Would you help these folks to do that well as a church here in this community? God, if there's one here this morning who doesn't have that relationship with you and your spirit is tugging at their heart, would you continue to work? Continue to show them how much they need you. Be pleased with our acts of worship as we close this morning. In your name we pray, amen. Would you stand?